When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that Ariana Grande sang about in her smash hit. Thank you, Gets. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch always leaves me out. You're welcome, Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today we're not talking about the numbers two through infinity. <laughs> we are also are not talking about binaries. We're talking about non-binary. We're talking about non-binary. Yeah. As in neither male nor female. Yeah. Non-binary gender. Um, we're going to have a guest on who knows far more about this than us. I'm going to fuck up their pronouns. I'm going to try oh, real yeah. hard. Pronouns are they, them. They, them, there. Yep. Uh, but the... <laughs> I wonder if anyone prefers the the pronoun T-H-E-Y oh, apostrophe R-E. Just, a, just by accident. There, there's some like non-binary person that shops at Walmart and just doesn't know how to spell their own pronouns. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but first. But, but first. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to a few of our new Patreon members. Sure, yeah. And this is the uh, the easiest bunch that I've seen. Um, Patreon, my face. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Kevin. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. These people not have last names? Nope. That's where the comedy really comes in. I know. We really have nothing to do with... I mean, maybe that's the point. Um, and Casey Burnett. Casey Burnett. Yes. The great-great-grandson of Carol. Carol. <laughs> yep. Great-great-grandson. Yeah. Great. Or or granddaughter. Or grandperson. Okay. We're already getting there. We're already talking about non-binary issues. Grandchild. I think is what that the grand person didn't really strike you. I was going to say grand one, but then that also is a different thing. I'm also really not happy with how long it took me to get there. I was like, there's, there's <laughs> Just, a word for that. I, like, <laughs> I think we already call that something. Uh, I don't like that you don't believe me right off the bat. Um, anyway, did you have something? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, a, a minor correction. A correction nonetheless. So <laughs> correction that's under 18 years old. Yeah. Yep. During... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, during the Cars episode, um, I-, I was talking about the University of Illinois and their mascot because they're the Fighting Illini, and they had a chief with a headdress that so they would parade around, and that I had feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, um, while they are still the Fighting Illini, he, I-, I do want to point out, this is a quote, while they are still the Fighting Illini, I did want to point out that the chief mascot was retired in 2007. As an aside, while the mascot was clear cultural appropriation and problematic, I did always think it was portrayed with reverence and not in a cartoonish manner. But for a little added humor, I'll share that there was slash is a student movement to replace the mascot with something called Alma Otter. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so that's MB in Chicago writing in to just point. I mean, my University of Illinois knowledge was from 2001, 2002, and I think that that's when they were really... Starting it, oh, <laughs> well, that too, but, but but really, really starting to like face the music on this whole thing mm-hmm. and, and figure out something out. I'm I'm glad that they did, yeah, figure it out. That's so. yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Also, the the fighting alma otter. I, I think I would watch. <laughs> I know. mean, as good as the Illini. Yeah, that was someone real unoriginal. That was just like I don't know. Just, yeah. Where are we, Illinois? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, hmm? I mean, Illini. That's that's the name of the tribe for which the state of Illinois is named. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Cool. Uh, News? Yeah, let's do the news. Sure, it's been a while. It's been a while. That's a song, and I can't think of how it goes. Yeah. All this shit seems to disappear when I'm with you. That song? Something like that. Okay, great. All I remember is the line, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Is that enough for you to know what that was? This has been shitty karaoke <laughs> by Mike and Kyle. Okay. Um so first. First. This isn't news, but I just it was it, it was number three on one of the news sites that I crawl, okay. and so I was pretty excited about it. That uh, this is just from uh, a couple of days ago. So this dude 
um, posted on Reddit that he was in a hotel, wanted to find a guy to hook up with, talked to an older man, decided on a whim to invite him to his room. They had 45 minutes to an hour of fun and quote, I thought I'd never see this dude again because I'm flying home this afternoon. Well, he was wrong. When he arrived at the airport gate, the man was there boarding the same flight as him with his wife and children. <gasps> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> the poor guy had to sit just a couple of rows away from the couple during his flight. Oh, God. Uh, to make matters worse, the married man was messaging him. <gasps> While they were on the flight? <laughs> yeah, asking him to keep their hookup quiet. Oh, Said he yeah. would like to see him again, though. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, the, then the married guy's actions became increasingly creepy afterwards. He tracked down the guy's Instagram and Facebook accounts. Oh God! Yeah, and um, you know that's like so he's married and not in a happy relationship and had a hookup. So he's like clinging on to like anything. It's like when you lose your virginity to someone and then you're like, "Are we boyfriends yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Can I call you every day?" It's, We're married, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those. It, it's sad. And sucks for the wife and kids that. Yep. Uh, one Reddit user said, quote, maybe they have an open marriage. Maybe she cheated on him a dozen times last month. Or he's just your garden variety douche. Either way, this isn't your fuck up and you don't have to own it. Yeah. And I agree with that 100%. Me too. Great. Cool. Next story. <laughs> uh, we, we really should talk a little bit about, about the Trump administration, just because oh. I, in my book, this is a really, really big deal. Yeah. So they have officially asked. I'm saying, yeah, I don't know what it is. So in, in an amicus brief to the court oh, last shit. week, yeah. they have officially asked the Supreme Court to legalize firing LGBTQ workers based on sexuality. Um, and that, that would be at the federal level. So would that uh, trump any state legislation? I, it's my understanding that this would be just for federal oh, jobs. Got it. But the federal government's a major employer. Like, there's a fuck yeah. ton of people that end up reporting up through the federal government when it's all said and done. But there's a, there's a bunch of cases that are going through the Supreme Court, through the Supreme Court, challenging the Justice Department's former decision that. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, prohibiting discrimination because of sex, means gay people also. Right. The, the, the latest decision was that does not mean sex. Or the, the government said that does not, or sex does not mean gender identity. No, sex does not mean sexual orientation. Mike, you keep right. explaining well, no, So So, so the, the argument has been if a dude banging a chick is okay, and a dude banging a dude is not. That is about gender. That is right. about sex. Right. And therefore should be covered under Title Seven. Right. And the latest thing is, no, it is not. No, that's it is not. That's what the government has said. Uh, uh, right. And and that's being argued before the Supreme Court. Right. Those that's going to be huge. Yeah. Th those cases came to the Supreme or coming to the Supreme Court. So, so, so Trump's Justice Department filed an amicus brief saying that they think that it's totally fine to fire people because yeah. of who they're banging or the gender of who they're banging. Yeah, probably because of religion. I mean, wouldn't you think? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely, definitely would. Um, I just, I'm really, really worried. I, there, I mean, there's so much to be worried about. Every day I read the news and I get a pit in my stomach and I'm really upset and um, you almost become numb to it. Like things that normally, like, three years ago would have been just a meltdown the world yeah. shit so fucked up is now like every day it yeah. happens yeah. and um but this is uh i think it's a really scary time and it's okay to be scared mm -hmm. i'm scared too i i think that we'll get through this together the pendulum always swings right mm -hmm. and um maybe just take whatever small comfort you can in that like yeah. we're not alone yeah like, we'll get through this yeah. And also, I think that's a reminder for especially the most privileged within our group to help look out for the others that are less privileged because we have that ability, that voice right now um, when others might not. And also those fucking shitbag asshole motherfuckers that say that he's the most friendly to gay rights I... president that's ever existed. Gay people are doing better under Trump than any other administration. Fuck your fucking ass, yeah. you shitbag asshole. Cunt. So, sorry, pro or con? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know how with... Uh, before, I could have seen 
some of the log cabin Republicans will say, well, I don't care about transgender. So like the, the, um, I think they should have to live in log cabins. <laughs> if they're going to call themselves I, that. I think no so running too. water. Uh, <laughs> Abe Lincoln's ghost <laughs> haunting you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, I don't. You're 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 saying like having Republicans. Oh, that like I, I could see them in the past being like, well, we don't care what you do to trans people. I, I'm not. I don't care. You know, like being like really self centered. But now, like especially with this, I just don't understand with things like this how they can still pretend like the Trump administration, if they're still clinging to like, he held the pride flag upside down and wrote, <laughs> and wrote LGBT with a marker. <laughs> like on, if you're still clinging to that, like, but look at their action. It's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the scariest thing of all. Like you peel everything back. That's happening. The scariest of all is that, that people don't seem to have the ability to see facts and measure them against reality. Yeah. And I, I, I think he he's right he could stand in the middle of fifth mm. avenue in new york Absolutely. and shoot somebody and still be supported and that's fucking Absolutely. terrifying yeah okay great <laughs> um last but not least i did want to say that this is the worst piece of news all week oh boy in my opinion i'm okay lana wakowski is going to write and direct a fourth matrix movie what? keanu reeves and carrie ann moss are going to be returning for their roles as trinity and neo and uh, I mean, we we talked about them quite a bit. Yeah, in, uh, uh, shrinkage was shrinkage? it? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Sometime back then, just the, the episode about the Matrix. Yeah, I just want to. I want to go on record <laughs> that just because you're trans does not mean I'm going to watch your shitty movie ruining my favorite movie <laughs> franchise. Their own movie franchise. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't watch anything because of anyone. I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I am too. <laughs> I'm and but like, it, it gives me hope that like Lana's writing it and and not someone rando just like taking the rights and being like, like and then trying to do it like George Lucas did to his own franchise. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I do, I do wonder like why Lily's not involved. Yeah. Everything that I've read so far says it's just Lana hmm. and okay, hmm. but I mean, is there some sort of drama, drama, <laughs> drama, drama? <laughs> First, I was trans, and then you were trans, and like now that's not you're like, copying me. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> no, I, um, uh, I I am kind of excited about the movie, and I just hope it'll just be they interesting. Don't, I hope uh, they don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's the news. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about non-binary? Yeah, let's talk about non-binary. So we're gonna have a guest. Yeah, we're gonna have a guest, uh, Molly, who uh, does the Gender Reveal podcast, which is a really good uh, podcast. If you, it's really helped me learn more about non-binary people. Uh, Molly uh, interviews different non-binary people to get all their different perspectives. Yeah. So it's really good. Um, I, I will say this to them when we talk to them, and it's really very difficult for me to stick with gender neutral pronouns with such a traditionally, typically female name like Molly. Mm. Like I want to call her, her and she- You want to call them her? Yes, exactly. This is so meta. This is so <laughs> meta. Like try to say language while talking about language. Oh, and, I said it correctly. Yeah, you can, <laughs> so if you, you, did. If you need help. You, you did, you did. The name Molly mm. is difficult for me to associate with they, them pronouns. But then that makes me wonder, would it would that be with? I just have to check my biases there, right? Like you shouldn't have to choose a gender neutral sounding name, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> that's and that's like, silly. To your credit, a lot of your people you've met named Molly have been identified as uh, she/her. So yeah. that's not to say it's okay to misgender them. That's yeah. just to say, of course, you have to kind of think about it and correct yourself uh, when you're talking to someone. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so non-binary is, well, do you want to give just like the, what it is in a nutshell? I mean, my understanding of it, having not studied this issue at all, is just n neither male nor female somewhere somewhere else. It's yeah, yeah. non-binary. Yeah, I mean, it's the... Uh, the it, idea it doesn't there's necessarily a... mean intersex either. Right. Right? Like, it's this the is... idea that there's a spectrum. It's not just male or female, so you can be on a range uh, between male and female, uh, most people end up falling on the poles on the, um, yeah, know, I do <laughs> one, <laughs> over five, and over one, and five, over. One. Um, but gender is not simply male or female. It's more complex than that. Yeah. Um, and non-binary falls under the trans umbrella. Um, mm -hmm. so many 
people will identify themselves as both. And uh, I think it, it has to do with the fact that who you are inside is not does not match the gender that the sex you are at birth. Why are you thinking so hard about that? Um, I might just be tired. Oh, okay. I had a long night. Early Bounch morning. Quail. No, none of that. I was with my family. <laughs> Bounch. <quail. laughs> You're from Eastern Washington, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The biology of sexual dimorphism, as juxtaposed with the societal creation of gender, the societal construct of gender, is very interesting to me. And uh, I, I just... think I get your point, but you use so many words. <laughs> there is a societal construct of what gender is. That's what needs to go away. That's stupid. No one should have any, like, it should not matter what your gender is. Societal stereotypes shouldn't be there. However, people have an internal sense of gender, which sure. that's a different thing. And most of us are identify with our sex, but not everyone. You know what? Instead of us pondering about this, yeah. why don't we uh, call somebody that's not my mom? <laughs> call someone who knows a lot about this. Uh, we'll talk to Molly and get their take on it. Oh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's take a break. <laughs> break, break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. Uh, <laughs> we are here with Molly Woodstock, who is the host of the Gender Reveal podcast. So Molly, thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited that we're finally teaming up. I know. Um, I've been listening to your podcast since the very beginning, and I l- love the podcast so much, and I really love your voice. I don't know if oh. you- I don't know if you get that all the time, but no, thank you so much. Yeah, someone, someone I'm dating, uh, tried to tell me that I had voice privilege because my voice was good, and I'm like, no, that's not a thing. Never heard of that before, but I mean, they were joking, but I was just like, this isn't no. Mm -mm." Okay, now that I think about it, Mike does have voice privilege because, like, he's got this smooth, sultry voice. People have voice privilege, but you can't say that to trans people. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, So then uh, we mentioned on the intro that you uh, are non-binary. I also liked that in a recent interview, you said that you are cis-passing non-binary person and gayish person. (laughs) Which... I don't know if you meant to. I know. I I think you were secretly trying to plug our podcast, which we appreciate. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But okay, to start off, I would love for you to tell me something I don't totally understand. I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable on all kinds of issues. But when um, someone is non-binary and also gay or lesbian or gay-ish, can you tell me about how that works? Totally. So there's no one answer to this. There's a lot of jokes in the non-binary community that if you're non-binary and someone is attracted to you, it means they're gay. Hmm. Um, And that's just like a running gag because the point is, is that non-binary people don't have like an opposite gender. Right. Uh, And so you can be non-binary and attracted to men and call yourself gay and you can be non-binary attracted to women and call yourself gay and you can be non-binary and attracted to men and women and non-binary people and call yourself gay. It's just like, it doesn't uh, mean anything at that point because it's based on a construct that we're like not really participating in. Hmm. I call myself gay specifically because I actually am most attracted to other non-binary people with similar genders to mine. And so that actually like fits me really well. Okay. Most of the time, that's not what people mean. This is literally this is part of just being gay and not having to think about the, a gay cis male and not having to think about these things. I have not thought about the gay non-binary referring to being interested in other non-binary people and my mind is blown and I love yeah, that so, so much. I like to, when I'm like writing a dating profile on an app or whatever, I like to say they for they the same way that, you know, oh. people would say whatever for whatever. And uh, people have said that I made that up and I don't know that that's true, but I certainly <laughs> like use it. That said, like, I've dated men and women and trans people and cis people and all this stuff, but I, like, generally find myself most comfortable with uh, other non-binary people. So they for they is, like, a convenient way to say that. As far as, like, lesbians specifically, there are non-binary people who call themselves lesbians uh, basically to say that they're non-binary people who are attracted to women and who also feel 
some sort of connection to womanhood, um, whether they're a trans feminine person or whether they're a person who used to identify as a cis woman who is a lesbian and now is non-binary but still wants to consider themselves a lesbian. Uh, so that's another thing that's just like sort of personal preference, but it's generally someone who's like some way aligned with womanhood or femininity or was at one point aligned with womanhood and femininity uh, and is still attracted to women. In this context, is, does lesbian carry with it like the cultural aspects of, of lesbianhood, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, like there's a culture maybe. there. And yeah. I, I'm wondering if, if the identity is partially wrapped up in just the, the culture of... Oh, yeah, uh, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely just like this is a culture that I would want to be a part of and this is the word about that culture. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I identify with, so I can't like super speak to that. Yeah. Um, out of the like LGBTQ acronym... I'm BGTQ, but I'm not L, <laughs> so that's <laughs> what I can't speak to as much, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to ask a question I'm not sure is appropriate to ask, and I, I hope that's right. okay. Yes, that, explicitly because this is what we're doing on our shows, yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, <laughs> so we're not saying everyone gets to run out and ask this. Uh, right, it, exactly, to be clear. <laughs> is, is Molly your birth name? Uh, yeah, so that's not an appropriate question to ask, but uh, because we're on this show, yeah, Molly is the name that I was born with. I changed my last name uh, when I was 21 just because I it's my mom's last name. I took my mom's last name instead of my dad's last name. And when I did that, um, changing my last name or yeah, changing my name was such a hard thing that I was like, I hope I never do this again. <laughs> um, but also I thought about changing my first name to something more gender neutral a year or two ago and I tried it out and it just like didn't feel right to me like when people are using a different name for me it felt literally just wrong like they were talking about someone else whereas I know a lot of trans people when they try out new names they have like a strong sense of like gender euphoria and are really really happy hmm. with the way that feels so right now I still have the name I was given at birth for my first name and if I ever change it it'll be a mess because I'll have like six years of professional work out <laughs> with yeah, another name yeah. recorded with that name. So we'll yeah. see. Before, uh, before the break, we were talking about how um, you, you said um, gender neutral uh, to describe other, other names. Yeah. Uh, and before the break we were talking about, I was saying that I, I have a couple of times misgendered you setting up this, this interview because, cool. because, because Molly <laughs> is such a, is such a typically, feminine name female name yeah um yeah and i do think there is something powerful about refusing to give someone a more neutral name and sort of like demanding that they respect my gender despite it not match or them despite my name not seeming to match my gender because yeah. like any name can be for any gender blah 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 but yes it is more confusing for people yeah and that, that gets me that gets me wondering how common is it for somebody to come out as non-binary and then change their name like do you have any sort of sense of how common it is to to keep your name versus changing it when that when that transition happens that's a great question. I'm trying to think really fast of everyone that I know. Yeah, not data, just, you know. No, I, yeah, no, it's not. I would say right now off the top of my head that it's probably like 50-50. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, part of it depends on like how gendered your original name was, how attached to that name you are. Also, there are people whose when they come out as non-binary that's a pretty extreme shift like they're transitioning physically and medically and they like are going for a totally different presentation and those people are more likely as off the top of my head to change their name as part of that was there are some folks who are non-binary and that is a huge shift but like at its surface not much has changed and their gender presentation stays somewhat similar but their identity is different and maybe their pronouns are different and in those cases, I would say it's maybe more common mm. to keep your name. So it's just, yeah, mm. it's um, to each their own, though. And there's like a million counterexamples to the rule that I just made up for you. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, you mentioned on the uh, interview that I recently heard that you also have said that, like you misgender other people in your head. Um, <laughs> and that one, I just want to say that was really 
important for me because I feel like I, you know, want to be as good an ally as possible. I want to do all these things. And then when I misgender someone in my head or out loud, then I'm like, ah, fuck, I, I fucked up. So to hear that you also have to struggle with that, probably not as much as I do. That was really helpful for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's literally the reason I put it in. So I'm glad it was helpful. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I make mistakes in my head all the time. I make mistakes out loud sometimes. And most of the time, it's just because I get tripped up about who I am talking about the same way that I like might accidentally use the wrong name for someone. It's not because mm -hmm. I like think your name isn't Kyle. It's just because yeah. I lost track of what I was saying. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's also I have friends who are changing pronouns a lot, right? And mm -hmm. like the first time they switch pronouns I might like need a couple days to ratchet back up before <laughs> I uh, I'm getting it right 100% of the time and yeah I think that's a reality and the the huge difference between cis and trans people or I shouldn't say cis and trans people the big difference between people who misgender other people a lot and people who uh don't are not so much like that we trans people are doing anything magically like we're not getting it right 100% of the time it's just that when we mess up we know how to move on from it and we know how how much to apologize we know how to correct ourselves um whereas I think a lot of other people struggle with knowing how to recover from misgendering someone which makes a ton of sense but that's like the state we're in I think so then what is your advice to uh cis people or people that misgender on accident Thanks for asking. Um, so if you're misgendering people every once in a while out loud, uh, the best thing to do if you're in front of them is to apologize very briefly and correct yourself and move on. And by very briefly apologize, I mean, gosh, if I was talking about myself, I guess, if I was you talking about me, I would be like, yeah, so Molly's going to be on her show and she, sorry, they, blah, 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 blah. And like literally like, sorry, they move on is actually all that you need. Um, but you do need to acknowledge it. If you just said like Molly's going to be on our show and she's great, then like that wouldn't be okay. Yeah. Also not really okay. If you're like Molly's going to be our show and she, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm new to this. It's just really, it's just so hard for me. And like, I don't think you understand how difficult <laughs> it is for me as this person. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, um, you, you know, so like that's, we don't want to do that either because then that puts a burden on a trans person to like assuage you, a cis person like that you are okay and you're a good person and fixing your feelings. And like, I don't have any interest in like taking out time out of my day to like make people who misgendered me feel better yeah. because I have a finite amount of energy. Um, so yeah, just saying like, sorry, they, and move on. And if you misgender someone and they're not there, then pretty much the same response. And <laughs> you're like, Molly's going to be on our show and she whoops, they blah, blah. And that's it. That That's really helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah. I also am curious. Do I feel like growing up thinking I was straight and that not being true, even after I came out had to, remember that I'm not straight and like <laughs> picture myself being like, Oh no, I'm not going to get married to a woman. Hopefully it'll be a man. Do you ever, so similarly, I'm wondering, do you ever misgender yourself? I don't anymore. I don't think, but mm, I don't know. Sometimes not with pronouns, but occasionally like today, my roommate uh, was like, Ooh, I'm a hairy girl. And I almost said me too. And then I was like, Nope. That kind of instinct kicks in. Yeah. But uh, in general, I think that it's really, 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 really common to misgender yourself when you first transition. And a lot of trans folks, if they don't have a ton of community around them, will get worried that that's a sign that they're like not really trans or like not trans enough. But that's just a thing that everyone goes through the same way that if you change your name, it takes a long time to react to your new name. Mm. Um, it like takes a while to like recognize your new pronouns or remember your new pronouns. And there was definitely a space of time where my closest friends and partners were so much better at gendering me correctly than I was because they just mm. had so much more practice mm. than I did uh, with myself personally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a few years now, so I don't feel that way as much anymore. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about you, you mentioned like practice as being part of, yeah. of getting better at all of these kinds of things. Uh, I, I grew up in Eastern Washington. It's, it's Trump country. It's really, it's yeah. very conservative. And, um, I, I'm wondering, do you have any words of advice for a non-binary person, whether they're out or not on how to just weather that environment? Hmm. 
move. No, um, <laughs> no, no, no I mean, that, that is one of the options. No, it's a classist option. I was just kidding. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that that's where online community becomes really important. Uh, like, so for gender reveal, we have like a Slack community uh, with three or 400 people in it. And there are specifically people in it who don't know any other trans people in real life or in their town at least. And they, there's a whole channel for people who live in small towns and who are trying to like workshop how to exist in that way. Um, So I think, yeah, just trying to figure out ways to build community online or if you can build it in person, like that can be really useful also. But as far as like weathering the barrage of shit that you're going to have to put up with personally, I really think that just like, making sure that you have people in your lives who are affirming you and like a space to process it and check in with other people and say like, Hey, do you experience this? How do you handle it? Is really the most helpful thing because when I'm in a space where I'm surrounded by all cis people or all straight people, I just spend a lot of time on Twitter or texting or on Slack or whatever, like updating all of my friends on what's going on because it feels a lot safer and I feel a lot more seen and respected if I have other people being like oh no that sounds terrible we see you you know yeah so yeah um where can people find the slack if they're interested Mm, yeah it's bit.ly slash gender slack and you don't have to be trans to be on it there are channels that are just for trans folks but you can be any kind of person and Mm -hmm. come hang out with us and it's really really cute and I'm really really happy with like the community that has been built there it's been really cool to watch people that's awesome. show up and like help each other through because like the way that it the way that it was founded is that people started dming me um to ask about gender or ask if i wanted to hang out and talk and like i love all the people who listen to my show obviously but like i don't have time to even see like the people that i'm dating or like the people <laughs> that I'm so like i cannot be that person for everyone and so i created this space where instead people who are going through similar things or have gone through similar things can like help each other through instead of just me helping thousands of people individually. Uh, And yeah, that's worked super, super well. And it's been really amazing. Awesome. Um, Before I mentioned data, I wanted to ask you about being in the LGBT community and whether you feel, do you feel included? Do you feel like you're treated equally by specifically cis gay men? Um, Let's go um, ahead and go there. Since <laughs> I just like, okay, like this is going to sound so I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I like forget that cis gay men exist because like I feel like in Portland, in Portland, the cis gay man community and the like queer trans community are just separate. Hmm. And so like, there's a bunch of space downtown. That's where all the like gay clubs are and the gay bars are. And those are like the cis white gay man bars. And then like the queer bars are literally different places. And so I, yeah, I just have like very, very little experience with it. And I don't really feel included, but not because I need to be included. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to access those spaces. They just like seem really obviously not for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That said, I would rather listen to gay men talk than straight men talk. You know, like if I'm (laughs) listening to a podcast, like I would rather listen to your podcast or to like keep it than like a bunch of like straight bros speaking so i do feel more affinity <laughs> with gay men than with um, you know other things but i don't i don't find myself like sharing any common experiences with them other than like maybe we've both experienced homophobia in like some way we recently had uh had to ban a guy because he was a, a cis gay man but was mm-hmm. uh, really anti-trans had a whole bunch oh, of yeah. well first started um bashing on femme gays and then uh, then upon further inspection, turns out he's a, a violent transphobic uh, sort of maniac. And I was really taken aback by that because I've got this sort of Seattle bubble, hey, we're all in this together and support each other th- thing. Yeah. And, and to find that that's totally not true was sort of shocking. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective, do you, do you, do you get vitriol or hate from, from gay men especially? Um, no, I think that what I hear about is more like uh, turfs, like transphobic lesbians. Like that yeah. is something that I personally hear more about are lesbians who 
are very, very violently transphobic and are like actively campaigning against the rights of trans people. Mm. My friends who are trans men, especially like queer trans men, have very different experiences with like cis gay men than I do mm. because that's not a space that I'm trying to access. So like, uh, yeah, I have friends who are trans men who have like really smart and articulate thoughts about how cis gay men treat them. And I can't think of what their thoughts are off the top of my head. <laughs> but just like for me personally, like, like online, I see so much more from cis lesbians who think that trans women are like the source of every problem on earth than I do uh, from men at all, hmm. any kind of man. Interesting. Can I say numbers now? Or do you have- Sure. Yeah. Actually, no. No. Okay. Uh- <laughs> I, I, I wanted to a- ask about your 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 dating history like um ha- have you have you dated the whole spectrum <laughs> you, you know what I mean yeah so yeah I have dated cis men trans women cis women non-binary people I have not like had a long-term relationship with a trans man but I've had strong crushes on trans men so it's not for lack of trying yeah. um so yeah I've I've done all of those things. I identified as a straight person for kind of a long time. I was like 22 when I came out. Um, so I got a lot of like cis men in then. <laughs> and then um, since then have been dating. Yeah, primarily other non-binary people, but also sometimes other trans people, men or women. And also sometimes so like I'm dating a cis woman right now. So mm-hmm. okay. Thanks. Um, Okay, so I, on most episodes, bring some kind of numbers and data uh, to the table. Um, So I wanted to talk about the percentage of non-binary people within the trans umbrella. And I'm curious, do you look at numbers on trans people, non-binary people, um, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't think any of them are right, though. Hmm. (laughs) Because, like, you see, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously I'm in a bubble, uh, obviously I know like every trans person because, you know, um, but I think that, um, when I see surveys on like numbers of trans people in America, it'll be like 0.6%. And I'm like, maybe, but also everyone I know is trans. So <laughs> I think that those surveys are old and I think they're underreported. And I think a lot of them weren't counting non-binary people. Hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see what data you found because I just think that it, uh, is really a huge range of what people think is out there. And I think a lot of it's old. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I've seen time and time again, just research on trans, like they'll say LGBT and then it'll be all about mostly gay and lesbian. Sometimes they include bi, but I, yeah, I think the research on trans people in general is very sparse, much less all the subgroups within the trans community. So yeah, when I tried to find like what percentage of the population is non-binary, that wasn't even a thing because no one even, people might talk about trans and gender nonconforming people, but that was, a, but that, that was always one group. Uh, right. And yeah. So, and the things I saw, yeah, were like from anywhere from 0.6 to there was a recent um, study of a high school, maybe younger anyway, that found like 2.6% of kids did not identify as male or female. Yeah. I think it's getting bigger all the time, obviously yeah. as more and more people are coming out and unfortunately, there was talk of running LGBTQ statistics on the census, and then our cool, <laughs> cool administration pulled them. So give it another 10 yeah. years and maybe we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I do know is from the report of the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey by the National Center for Transgender Equality. Yes. Um, and, uh, oh, have you heard of this? Yeah. You said, oh, awesome. I'm very familiar with this survey. Yeah. Oh, nice. There's not that many. So. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> Um, So so there were almost uh, 28,000 respondents in all 50 states plus all the other U.S. territories and areas. um, And the the respondents had the ability to select, uh, multi-select any of the different things that fit their gender identity. So there are all these different options and you could write in. And 31% of respondents said that non-binary described their gender identity. So that was surprising to me because I didn't realize, you know, I, I've been hearing more and more about trans people, but I didn't realize the non-binary subgroup of that was so high. Um, And is that just, I'm catching up to what you already know, or was, is that surprising to you as well? No, 
is not surprising to me. Uh, non-binary, I mean, like, I know people who have thought of themselves as what we now call non-binary for, like, 10 or 20 years. Mm. But in general, like, the concept of being non-binary... Mm. So we had genderqueer, like, 10 years ago, but I think that... Or more, 12, 15 years ago. But I think that non-binary as a concept has really exploded in the last, like, six years or so. And so when people come out now there are a lot of people who would have either come out as trans men or women or just like stayed in the spot that they're in who are now coming out as non-binary so what I mean by that is when I ask people on the podcast on my podcast uh you know how they identify in terms of gender like Callie Wright for example recently was like yeah so when I came out the first time I knew I wasn't a man and there was only one other option and it was woman. So I came out as a trans woman and now I'm thinking about whether I am a trans woman or whether I'm like non-binary or something else. And, you know, similarly Morgan Gibbons, who I also interviewed was like, yeah, I came out as a man and now I'm rethinking whether I'm a man or whether I'm like a genderqueer person or a genderqueer man. So I think when the options were just like trans man, trans woman, cis man, cis woman, Fewer people were coming out because they didn't feel comfortable going all the way over to, like, the only other gender. And then also now when people are coming out, they're either starting as non-binary and then moving further in the other direction or actually the opposite. Like, they had come out as a trans man, for example, and then are like, oh, actually, now that I know the language about being non-binary, that actually makes more sense for me. Yeah. So. Um, a, a couple things then to follow up on. You mentioned gender queer, which mm-hmm. 29% of people identified as gender queer, which that mm-hmm. was, you know, that's super close to like the number of non-binary. And again, they can select yeah. multiple things that fit, but that was a, gotcha. uh, even like what I said about non-binary, like gender queer, I even think of as being a smaller group. So again, mm-hmm. to have that high of a, a subgroup. I just see gender queer as like a synonym to non-binary. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of those two numbers are overlap of like people who count themselves as non-binary and gender queer. Yeah. Just because I think it's just an older term yeah. that has been usurped by new non-binary. <laughs> so. Speaking of older terms, 18% of people identified as transsexual. Mm-hmm. And that one was surprising to me for a different reason, because I think of transsexual as the offensive name that people used to call trans people because they didn't understand sexuality and gender, or that was the label that they gave to them. But there are still 18% that that call themselves transsexual. Totally. So I think a lot of that are trans people reclaiming transsexual the same way that we reclaim any other word. I know a lot of trans people who have medically transitioned who refer to themselves as transsexuals. Um, Caitlin Burns, I know, talked about it on her episode of Gender Reveal. But it's, yeah, a lot of it is just like sort of a tongue-in-cheek reclaiming. There are also a smaller, I hope, number of people who are using transsexual to distinguish from transgender people because they're like transphobic trans people somehow Mm. so like off the top of my head i feel like butch angel is one of those people um where they're like no i'm transsexual i like transgender people are different and they're inferior (laughs) 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 but of my community people calling themselves transsexual is just like sort of as a a reclaiming of the word or a joke well, and it's also interesting you mentioned because we talk about this a lot, like just because you're gay doesn't mean you're good. Like there are a bunch yeah. of <laughs> shitty gay people. So just because you're trans doesn't mean you're supportive of the trans community or a good person. You can also totally. be shitty and be trans. Yeah. And I should clarify, just in case anyone's confused, like transsexual is not a word that you should put on anyone else, especially mm. uh, if you're cis. That's not a word that you should be saying. It's really only for people to self-identify. Right. Um, those are the numbers I have. You said you were going to tell us a little bit of something from what we a study or a new story we talked about in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So however many weeks ago, y'all were talking about that study that found that uh, there's a large overlap between trans folks and autistic folks. Yeah. And, um, and I, just to clarify for listeners, I say autistic folks because the vast majority of autistic folks that I know prefer identity first language whereas people who are not autistic will say no you have to say people with autism but that's not what I'm hearing from actual autistic people so just to be clear for me personally I don't remember which one you two said so that's not a call out on you (laughs) um so yeah this survey I think is the same one that you were talking about we discussed it in the slack community uh and it found that 14 percent of transgender non-binary folks 
in this survey had a diagnosis of autism and a further 28% had like exhibited traits of autism. Uh, and this study was of only 177 people and it was just put out on Facebook for people to self-administer. And so the self-selection bias, you know, is going pretty much unchecked. So for example, out of the cisgender people who took it, 4% of folks reported an autism diagnosis and compared to 14 of the trans community. And the article that I was reading about this said like, oh, this is higher than previously reported estimates for the population. And authors think that self-selection is why there were 4% of cisgender folks reporting as being autistic. But they didn't say that same thing when 14% mm. of trans people reported being autistic. So it's possible that just like the people who are interested in taking the survey uh, were autistic trans people. And also there's 177 people. I don't know how many of those are trans. The data points for trans and non-binary are 14% and 28%. So it's possible that they had literally seven trans people and they're extrapolating from that. Like, I don't, I don't know. So yeah. uh, that's one thing is like the data yeah. is like kind of shaky. And I think that's really something that's really challenging, but really important is, you know, we want to find, I want to find the data. I know, I want to know what the data is, if it confirms yeah. or does not confirm a stereotype. I, I just want to know that, but, oh, totally. and it's not, but you can't just rely on even things that look like they're, or, or the are, are, are scientific studies. You can't always rely on them because of the biases that the researchers might have or why they're doing the research or uh, there are just a million reasons why we, it's not totally. as easy as looking at the numbers, unfortunately. Well, uh, you know, a departure that I wasn't going to bring up, but is actually probably more important than or more interesting than what I was going to say about <laughs> autism is that um, have you all heard of maybe you listen to my podcast. So have you heard of rapid onset gender dysphoria? <laughs> no, I haven't heard any of those. But... OK, so um, there's some like really, really transphobic parents out in the world who really don't want their kid to be trans. So some of these parents have made up this thing called rapid onset gender dysphoria, which is just like a made up condition that they have invented where your kid wakes up one day and their peers or YouTube radicalizes them <laughs> yep. into thinking they're trans and like tricks them yep. um, through social contagion. But there was this one researcher at Brown University who published a study that said that rapid onset gender dysphoria, or as I call it on my show, Rogda. I was wondering, sure. okay, I was um, thinking yeah. what that was You've in heard my head. Ragda? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's this one study that was like, no, Rogda's real. But the way that she studied Ragda was by sending surveys out to parents who are in Facebook groups for mm. parents of kids with rapid onset gender dysphoria. Yeah. And then asking the parents, hey, does your kid have rapid onset gender dysphoria? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yes. And then she published a study that was like, oh, it's real. Yeah. And like, that was it. Yeah. And it's like, obviously, literally, this is a condition made up by transphobic parents. So if all of your science is sending out surveys to transphobic parents saying, hey, are your kids faking being trans? Like, that's not how we're going to get down to the like to the truth of this yeah. but it was published and so then a bunch of like right-wing folks could pick that up and mm. be like trans yeah. is a social contagion people were comparing being trans to eating disorders like anorexia and they were being bolstered mm. by the study and it ended up there was this big falling out and i think Brant, brown university like pulled it from its website like essentially unpublished it but that's you know there's still stuff out there that's yeah. being cited and so and that does uh, that that study does confirm something it is data but it's not what they think it is data right. that says these parents truly believe that there is such a thing like that's all it proves it doesn't right. prove anything beyond that well i mean even then like people that believe basically it confirmed that people that believe this is true believe this is true so right. like because it's already the that symptoms, group the symptoms they were surveying were like does your kid spend a lot of time on the internet does your kid spend a lot of time hanging out with trans people? Does your kid spend a, like not like you? Like one of the questions was like, is your kid like grumpy around you? Do they not spend a lot of time at home? And it's like, these are all things that trans kids would do, right? Like they would hang out with trans kids and they wouldn't like their transphobic parents. Yeah. So, also, yeah. a lot of kids don't like their parents too. Regardless, <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, it's, there's a, there's a huge problem with that. But anyway, just going really quickly back to like the autism study, yeah. the thing that worries me about this. So like the truth is there is a huge overlap between people with autism or autistic people and trans people. Like that is anecdotally true. And I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying the survey doesn't do a great job with mm -hmm. it. But I think the harm of that 
is that being trans and being autistic are both like chill things to be. <laughs> Whereas some people will see this and say autistic people cannot know if they're trans or not because they're autistic, which oh. is like oh. obviously like bananas. <laughs> but there are people, there are like transphobic people who will literally argue that trans people are targeting autistic kids and other autistic people and turning them trans and like autistic people can't know any better, which is obviously not true. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's just sort of like the danger with these kind of studies that like aren't really like super well thought out um this this feels reminiscent of um uh, saying that pedophiles are turning people gay like it feels like that like the date like oh this the reason this is happening is some scary outsider is approaching them and converting them or something like it feels like that kind of uh thought process yeah, absolutely. And like, I talk a bit about this a lot on the show, like on one hand, like you can't just like turn someone trans. On the other hand, I say all the time that my podcast turns people trans. But what I mean by that <laughs> is that like, people realize they're trans or realize they're gay or realize they're whatever, when they're in a, I mean, not all the time, but it is easier for people to realize they're queer or trans when they're in a supportive space and when they're seeing other examples of people who are queer and trans and are like living a life like the life they want to lead. So obviously, if you're like in a community by with a bunch of other queer and trans people, it makes it easier to like give yourself the mental and emotional space to explore your own gender identity or sexual identity um, compared to if you're like, in a weird transphobic queerphobic hell so um i do think yeah that like you can like give people the opportunity to know themselves and that's different than like changing someone's gender for them or changing someone's sexuality for them yeah i've I've said i've said before that seattle made me gay and (laughs) like (laughs) my ex-wife and i moved here from spokane and suddenly there were all of these like really well-adjusted happy seeming normal gay people and and that sort of planted the seed that oh maybe 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 life wouldn't suck as a gay person. Maybe it's okay to entertain that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like with me being non-binary, like the way that I realized that was literally just seeing other non-binary people and feeling this thing in myself where I was like, oh, it feels unfair that they get to be non-binary and I don't. And then I had to have that moment where it's like, well, you you can be actually. (laughs) And so like that, you just have to see, you know, you can't be what you can't see is like a trite thing, but it's true also. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like it's fun to have this shorthand that like that doesn't always go with like for cis straight people. Like I always say like when I used to be straight. So I'm not yeah. literally <laughs> yeah. meaning I was straight and then it changed. Like yeah. it's just the uh, like the funny shorthand taking what people think of you and so I I that that again feels similar to what you're like my show made people trans. Well, like it's just a not right. a literal like Totally. And I'll say, you know, I'll say like back when I was a girl yeah. and like, I always <laughs> yeah. you know, to like imply that I'm like not being serious, yeah, but yeah. also, yeah, like it's like a reference point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. But also if anyone else said that, I would get mad at them. Oh so, yeah. You know, yeah. No, you're not allowed to say it if it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> but I get to say it about myself. So. Absolutely. Yeah. This is total departure. Is there, is there like a handshake or a secret <laughs> decoder <laughs> ring or something? Like how do non-binary people... Uh, identify each other in in like a public space where it might not otherwise be safe to or is that even a thing i just i just know when i'm in eastern washington or whatever like i know i know where the gay guy is and he knows who i am and i i can't really explain how that happens but it it's a thing and i'm wondering if that thing is true for non-binary people also yeah so i think there i see a lot of people where i'm like that person is either queer or trans by which i mean non-binary or elsewise um or did we talk about this on the show yet just to be clear non-binary is under the trans umbrella so when i say trans it can mean non-binary so anyway um i'll see someone that i'm like that person's either queer or trans or both but i can't tell you like i'm not gonna guess someone else's gender so um yeah i definitely when i'm traveling like when i was in the san jose airport the other day and i had only been with cis straight people for 72 hours and was dying um like i definitely saw like the other three queer people in the airport immediately and there were like a couple of those queer people who i was like oh that person could be trans but like i i didn't run up to them and ask even though i honestly wanted to because i was so tired of being around cis straight people um but i will say the only like small flagging that i feel like we do is like if someone's wearing a pronoun pin or if someone's wearing like a tiny trans flag pin or a tiny non-binary flag pin then like that's kind of obvious they're literally wearing something that says it 
otherwise, yeah, it's like, oh, that person, you know, looks like away. I also don't want to make assumptions about people's gender because that gets us into trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Can yeah. you can you remind me what the non-binary flag is? What it looks like? Um, I always get the non-binary and gender queer one mixed up because there's two different ones inexplicably. Um, let Isn't me look the at non-binary one your background on gender non- review? No, non-binary. Oh, I just shit. looked it up. Is yellow white purple black i don't know why um <laughs> i just use i would just i just use the trans one which oh. is blue pink white yeah. um pink blue uh and i think that like most non-binary folks like feel really comfortable using the trans one but if they want to use the non-binary one they super can uh we have a huge trans flag outside our house because everyone in my house is non-binary and then there are two other houses in like a four block radius that also have trans flags outside um, so our, our neighborhood's very powerful is what I'm saying. Um, but I've never seen like a non-binary flag out, even though, like I said, ever, all four of us in the house are non-binary. So I think huh. the trans one is like standard, but if you want to be a nerd about it, yeah. you can use the other one. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to? Um, well, I wanted to mention that non-binary was under the trans umbrella cause that really confuses people. Um, but being trans just means, or can just mean, that you don't identify strictly with the gender you were assigned at birth. So if you're non-binary, you're not identifying strictly with the gender you're assigned at birth, so you can be under the trans umbrella. Um, What else? No, I just think that, no, that's it. I just, I'm I'm glad to be on another queer show. It's really nice. So thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. For sure. So so should we take a break? Let's take a break. (laughs) Let's take a break. Break. So are we back? We're back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, Molly, where can people find you and hear you, hear you and love and, you? And, and, yeah. mm-hmm. um, well, you can find me at mollywoodstock.com or yourcoolgaydad.com, which redirects. Um, <laughs> and um, Molly Woodstock on Twitter. Molly.woodstock on Instagram. And then my podcast is called Gender Reveal. My podcast is about trans, non binary people, a lot of queer people. Uh, I don't think, I think they're all queer. I don't know. Do straight trans people exist? They do. Oh my gosh, that's such a, I'm so sorry that I'm diverting. But that's like a common misconception is that all trans people are straight. And I swear I've met like two straight trans people in my life. But anyway, um, so yeah, you can also find my podcast, Gender Reveal in any app, whatever app you're listening to this podcast in, or at genderpodcast.com, or at Gender Reveal on Twitter and Instagram. It's a good one. You should awesome. listen. You, you <laughs> absolutely should. It's it's very informative, interesting, fun. So you should Yay. definitely listen to it. Um, well, us. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. We're on all the social medias at gayishpodcast. Our hotline you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH that's 585-542-9474 standard rates apply and our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com uh gayest and straightest sure let's do our gayest and straightest um wait oh wait first i forgot i was gonna say during the context stuff we just got 900 members in our facebook group which i'm pretty excited about because i like round numbers because i'm a math (laughs) dork Um, but the other thing is, if you if you want to know oh, what kind of stuff we talk, square. okay, we, yeah, uh, is it thirty thirty? Yeah, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> um, uh, the other the other thing, if you want to know what kind of stuff happens in our Facebook group, somebody posted that they wanted to um, have everybody replace one word of movie titles with the word penis and see what which ones were the funniest ones and that's like the most commented post that we have <laughs> there's really highbrow discussions this, about important like societal issues 105 comments <laughs> on this thread about the movie thing and did you just, find your favorite um let's see yeah I, I did i did uh james and the giant penis i think <laughs> <was> my favorite <laughs> one <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good. I couldn't get that one. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go first because yeah. when we talked about poppers, I was had so many poppers I couldn't think. So I made you go first. Great. Okay, so the uh, straightest thing about me is uh, I was at the bank recently, actually in person, and I was talking to a clearly again. I mean, we don't like making assumptions, but like clearly homosexual individual. And um, when I was leaving, it was like 
with most gay or queer people, I would give them a hug. Like I kind of go to that step if they're okay with it. But like, this is a business setting and we were doing, and like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to be like good business to you. Like, you know, we are professional (laughs) individuals that are just finished a transaction. So I just left. I think he started to put out his hand to shake. And then I just left because I couldn't, I don't know. I, so that felt, that was felt like a very, even though we were both gay, very straight scenario that I was in. Um, the gayest is I got my haircut recently and what I realized is, so I shaved one side of it and the other side is long. And I was like, oh, it's a lesbian haircut. <laughs> so I, so many lesbians I, I see have that haircut. Um, and so I'm feeling my lesbian energy right now. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the gayest thing about me last night I was in Eastern Washington playing music with my family and um, just sort of rehearsing because we get together every once in a while and, and and play and wanted to learn some new material that kind of thing but uh, we're, we're doing a song that requires a, like a maraca sound like a shaker and they're those eggs that have the beads mm-hmm. in them that make the sound mm-hmm. anyway my brother was playing drums and I was trying to do that and play piano at the same time and he's like well just throw it to me so I like did the gayest throw <laughs> I, like, I barely made it that far and uh then one of my cousins said what's what's wrong with the way you just threw that are you left-handed for something i, I said no i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> anyway um and then the the straightest thing about me it's not this week it's a little bit older but when we were in new orleans we went to the pride 48 breakfast and um that's when big fatty took me over to casey in denver and is like here's kc he's the one with the giant penis <laughs> so the straightest thing about me was the way that i just shut it down i was like oh me into penises no absolutely <laughs> not like i just I, I got i got really just like nervous and part of it was like we're at fucking breakfast why are we it's, talking it's 10 a.m do we need to talk penises right now yeah 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 but i just I, it was it was very like straight dude not wanting to talk about dicks is what is the way i felt <laughs> at least in that moment um so yeah, Molly, how about you? Yeah, uh, so I was trying to think of the straightest thing about me, and I asked my roommate, and they said, well, you dated a straight cis guy, which is true, <laughs> but not this week. So I think <laughs> recently I am going to see The National, the band The National, and I love The National, and The National is absolutely for, like, depressed dads. Um, <laughs> so, love- <laughs> so that's the straightest thing about me. I'm going with my mom and my ex-boyfriend from back when I was uh, doing that. So that'll be fun (laughs) and cool. Um, Gosh, Uh, he's great. He's really good. He's coming with me to, you know, fight my mom. And um, (laughs) the gayest thing about me, hmm, so you know about astrology, right? You know how gays love astrology. (laughs) Yes. Okay, you know how gays love cats? Yeah, yeah, I Um, know that. Okay, so I have a cat named Rhubarb, and she's about to have her first birthday. So this is kind of a two-parter. One is that I'm throwing an elaborate birthday party for my cat. (laughs) That's so great. The other thing (laughs) is that my friend and I were talking about her, and then we were talking about her astrological chart, and I went on the app CoStar, and I paid three (laughs) American dollars in order to enter my cat's natal chart into CoStar. (laughs) And so that was powerfully homosexual. What what does your cat's future hold? Do you know? I don't know her future. I just know, uh, you know, what her Mercury is, what her Jupiter (laughs) is. Why do I need to know this? I don't know. She's a Leo Mercury, and Mercury is the, like, planet of communication. I'm like, that's why she yells all the time. Like, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Okay. One more question. Are you worried about gendering your cat when your cat has not told you <laughs> gender? Okay. So, no, but, so here's the thing. I have a cat, and then my roommates have a cat. And my roommate's cat is intersex. And because mm. my roommate's cat is intersex and my whole house is non-binary, we decided that the, that cat's also non-binary, and we use they/them pronouns for the other cat, and it stresses people out so bad. And really? Like, I was talking, yeah, I was talking about that cat with my boss at the time, and I was just like, they blah blah blah, they blah blah blah, by blah blah blah, and finally he was just like, is the cat a boy or a girl? And I'm like, it's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm not worried That's, about it. Okay. What's, you know, I, she's a cat. She's, <laughs> no, she'll I, be okay. She, you think she'll be fine with it? 
as long as she like gets to poop in the a lot of cis people who would rather worry about not misgendering someone's dog than they would like not misgendering me so i'm just like oh my god get me right and then you can worry about my animals i completely agree like how easily people are like oh it's this gender great i'll call the dog that gender is like it's insane to me of why we don't have if it's it's that it's literally that easy with humans so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like, people will figure out how to gender an animal by literally picking it up and looking at its genitals. And I'm like, let's not do that. Don't do that, part. that. Okay, yeah. Don't translate that. I mean, probably don't do that, but don't translate that to humans. Either. <laughs> oh, my. Um, Molly, thanks so much for being on. We really pre- appreciate you teaching us, being here, doing everything you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And also, uh, if you're ever in a pinch talking about trans stuff and you want to just, like, slip in and ask me anything about you know being trans i'm always happy to like pop back in so that i don't find myself yelling at podcasts not that i do it to yours specifically just anytime i listen to a podcast there's usually a part where i yell at a cis person (laughs) we welcome we thank you we welcome yelling at us and (laughs) we will definitely reach out in the future if we when i'll say when we need to because we definitely will so that's it this has been gayish a special thank you to molly woodstock yeah like I just said. Do you have any other thank yous? Oh, no, no. I wanted to thank the Wachowskis for giving me hope for, a, a, what? sorry, Lana Wachowski. Not just Lana. <laughs> for, for the new Matrix movie. Um, and uh, I want to thank The National for giving Molly a, 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 a straightest thing. <laughs> uh, so that's it. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. think of my straightest thing um what do i do that's heterosexual (laughs) i don't know